1: Galatians 5, verse 13 through verse 15. Hallelujah. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Amen. We're still continuing in our series. We're picking it back up. We took a break there to move through Palm Sunday and also through Easter. And so we're picking back up on today in our series on serving. That's what this, we've been talking about this quarter, serving. And so this morning, I want to talk to us about being set free to serve. Set free to serve. Somebody say set free, set set free. to serve. It's amazing because after having just come off of the resurrection service and after just coming off of what we call Easter, the whole thing that Jesus did, that whole act, that whole scene, we say that our faith rests upon that. And we have come to the place where he created life for us. Somebody said life. On last Sunday, we said life stood for he gave us what? Love. He gave us what? Indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He gave us the F was forgiveness. And then he gave us the E, which was eternal life, eternal life here on today. I wish that we could take the F and we could put another F in there and say he gave, he made us free. He made us free because on the cross at Calvary, Jesus did a work for us, a work for us that no one else could do. But sometimes I think that we forget why we've been made free. So today we're going to talk about how we've been set free. To serve, set free to serve, set free to serve. That seems a little odd for us because we're used to when you get free doing your own thing. So we're not used to being free and having some instruction behind what that freedom means. He says we've been set free to serve. Paul here is talking to the Galatians. He's talking to a group of people. And what's amazing about them is that they had come out of the Jewish faith. So they had come out of a place where they were restricted by laws. They were governed by do this and don't do that and make sure you turn around four times and all these rituals that occurred and he's talking to them and what he's most amazed about, he writes them a letter because he just left them. They got Jesus. They understood what salvation was, but somewhere along the line, somebody was starting to tell them otherwise. And he asked them this question. He said, who in the world has bewitched you? In other words, he says to them, who has tricked you into thinking that when I left you, you said you believe that you can receive Jesus through faith in what was done on the cross alone. And you said you believe you didn't have to do anything else to receive salvation. What has happened since I left that causes you now to want to do all these other things to think you can keep your salvation? He says, it's a problem here. It's a problem here. So he starts dealing with them and he tells them that the person who's telling you and teaching you that, he says, I say, let them be accursed. He said, let them be accursed because what they're teaching you is contrary to what the word of God says. He says, it was for freedom that Jesus came. He came to set you free. Somebody say free. Free. He said, if is true that bulls Kaylee and doves and pigeons couldn't save us in the beginning he says why then would I tell you that and now make you start doing that again after you've received salvation he says that wouldn't make sense if it was the blood of Jesus Christ that brought you salvation and that blood alone then why would I make you start doing other things to receive salvation why would I make you start wearing, bringing home, long dresses, no makeup, wear your hair in a bun? Why would I tell you a lady came up to me the other day in the funeral and she gave me a cloth? She gave me a cloth and I looked at her, Minister Patricia, I want to say, religion. Because <laughs> I want to tell her if my knees going to make somebody fall, they was already tripping. <laughs> If me sitting up here and you looking at my knees going to make you want to do something else, your mind was already here. It would be like the OJ say, your body's here with me, but your mind is way on the other side of town. And it wasn't my knees that got you there. Religion. So Paul is coming after religion. He's coming after that thing that causes them to think they got to start doing stuff in order to keep the salvation. You know, you know, all of this stuff. Don't do this and don't go here and don't do. What is that? He says that didn't save you. Because if that could have saved you, if you being good could have saved you, then you don't need Jesus. You know, it's like sending a child to school. You send them to school, and when you put them out the door, you say, Now, when you go to class today, you're going to be good. Yes, ma'am, I'm going to be good. You're going to be good. Yes, ma'am, I'm going to be good. You're going to be good. I'm going to be good. They get in class inside, and they sit there. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. There is But so long, there are six hours in a school day. By hour 1.5, they've already fallen off of the good rack. or anyone to help them. So Paul is saying, who tricked you into thinking that now that you receive this salvation, you got to start doing stuff to keep it. He said, the thing that I want you to understand is you've been set free to serve. You've been set free to serve. So here's our first thing, because I want us to look at this. I want us to look really closely. And I want you to see what this service is a result of your freedom. Somebody say service Service is the result result of of my freedom. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. In verse 13, verse 13, he says, you were called to freedom, right? But don't use that as an opportunity for you to walk in your flesh. He says, but I want you to use it through love to do what? to serve one another, to serve one another. So he says, then your freedom service is a result of your freedom. He says, now listen to this. The first thing in service being the result to your freedom is I want you to understand you can celebrate, you can celebrate. It's okay for us to celebrate that we are no longer bound. Celebrate that you are no longer held captive to sin celebrate that sin no longer has rule over you celebrate that you and I are not going to hell but in reality we're going to heaven that's something to celebrate he says celebrate the fact that the cross has made you free you go ahead and celebrate that celebrate that you're free from sin somebody say I celebrate that Celebrate that you are free from the guilt and the shame that sin brought you. Because I don't know about you, you ever gone to the family reunion and people start looking at you and they start saying, "Oh, what? Fern preaching now? What?" Then when you come by them, it's not enough for them to just say that, Carol. But when you come by them, now they say this, "Girl, I remember when. Y'all remember people telling you that? Because y'all was y'all were was good, wasn't you? Y'all y'all." Was, <laughs> That y'all was the 1.5. She said we were the 1.5. We were the 1.5. But people would come and they would say, "I remember when." And there used to be a time when Elder that would cause me so much stir, and I would start, you know, instead of being happy at the family reunion, I would start walking around like, "Yeah, you know what? I used to do all that." They right, you know. So I wouldn't don't tell nobody about Jesus. I wouldn't say nothing about Jesus because I like they right, they right. I just sit down and eat my hamburger and hot dog. But then all. I got a hold of Romans 8 and 1 that says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who walk in the spirit and not a ruled by the flesh. And I got to celebrate in the fact that I am free. So you ought to celebrate that you are free from guilt and shame, whatever it is. You ought to celebrate that you don't look like what you've been through. celebrate that you have been released from the bondage of the law celebrate cuz if that was the case there wouldn't be any cows on the farms out here if we had to keep doing it over and over you ought to celebrate we don't have to do that but then he says while there is a celebration of freedom there is this caution of freedom cuz sometimes we can get to celebrating That we forget that there is this caution. He says, now, now, you've been called to liberty, but I want to caution you here. The caution is, do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. He said, I want to caution you here that you don't turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. He says, I want you to understand what this freedom is. I want you to understand how this freedom works. I want you to understand you have been emancipated. You have been freed from the ceremonial law. So you no longer have to do that. I want you to understand you have been emancipated from the letter of the law. I want you to understand that. But it's true. That while you have been emancipated from those laws, there is still a spiritual law in operation. And I need for you to understand that you are under grace and grace does not give you the license to do what you want to do. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. We always want to put it on the devil and we want to say the devil made me do it. But he says, I want you to understand what this freedom, I want you to understand that you are under grace, but there is a freedom here. I want to look at a couple of verses. I want to look at John 8. I want to look at John 8 and 34. I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give them to you. You can write them down. We're going to look at John 8 and 34. We're going to look at 2 Peter 2 and 18. And we're going to look at 1 Peter 2 and 16. I want to look at those because I want you to keep them. John 8, John 8 verse 34. I want us to look at them. I want you to see these because I want you to understand it's freedom. I want you to understand there's a caution in this freedom. Jesus answered them, John 8 and 34, and he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So he says, I want you to understand you got a freedom through Jesus, but Jesus said, if you choose to sin then you choose to sin because you're saying I'm a slave to sin. He said, I just freed you. So if I just freed you, why in the world would you now want to put back on the handcuffs and the yoke of bondage and walk back into this place of slavery and tutelage to sin? He says, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. You say, well, pastor, I'm the 1.5. I'm the 1.5. What's going to happen when I act up? He's not talking about when you acting up or you tell a lie or, or, or you do something. I'm not going to even name because they see some people lie just to lie. I'm not talking about that. Uh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm talking about this place where you're not perfect. And since you're not perfect, you are going to do some things that are contrary to the word of God. You're not Perfect. We have been saved from the power of sin, but we've not been saved from the presence of sin. So sin is still in the earth. But here's what happened. God says that when you and I make a conscious decision to sin, decide that that's what we want to do. At that moment, we have now put ourselves in subjection as a slavery to sin. You want me to give you some examples? Want me come down your street? You want me come down your street? So if you decide that today I'm going to go out and I am going to murder someone, you made a conscious decision, I'm gonna murder this person. You made a conscious decision to put yourself under the yoke and bondage of sin, oh come on, I, I want to go, I want to go a little lighter, can I go a little lighter? Because we understand the murder stuff, brother, we understand the murder the murder stuff we got that, but see it 's this other stuff when you and I make a conscious decision that today i 'm going to get turned down for what mm, 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 mm. turned down for what. Mm, 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 mm. What happens, he says, is that when we enter into that place where now that just means, you know, getting a little nookie, getting turned up, right? When you get into that place, he says, you made a conscious decision to go there. And what happens, because we don't say this, somebody said, oh, you know, drink is not a sin. He said, but what happens is when you get into that place, you are now being governed and ruled and under the authority and influence of that which you were partaking So he says, whoever commits sin, he says, so when you decide you want to commit sin, then what you say is sin, I'm here to serve you today. Go ahead and put that yoke around my neck. I'm a slave to you. Do whatever you, so whatever sin decides. See, because what happens with sin, my grandfather used to say this, it causes you to go way too far, stay too long, and then you don't know how to get back. Because sin is pleasurable. you lying if you say it don't feel good to sin. you lying if you say that you didn't have a good time when you were in there doing whatever. You're lying. Sin is pleasurable. James tells us sin is pleasurable. But when sin gives birth and comes into its full manifestation, sin gives birth to death. So what all of a sudden looks so good now puts you in a place where things die death in your finances death in relationships death in your purpose your destiny where you're going because you decided to be a slave to sin look at look at look at second peter look at second peter look at second peter second peter second peter what i tell you second peter what 2 Peter 2.18, 2 Peter 2.18, 2 Peter 2.18. Look at it, 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 2 Peter 2.18. He says, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. He says, so what happens with sin is a caution here because you think you're walking in liberty. But if you hang it around people who are teaching you and talking to you about ways that are contrary and they're luring you in, he says they are calling you into this place of lewdness, this place of sin. And the reality is you're going back into a place that you actually escaped from. You were freed out of that place. It would be like, it would be like, it would be like a, a young girl being freed from sex trafficking. And she was snatched out of the place. She was, y'all, y'all saw, what was that? The guy said, um, he said he was going to get her. What was that movie? What was that movie? What was that movie? Taken, Taken, Taken. It would be like the guy had gotten his daughter from Taken. And after he gets her, now she decides, well, daddy, I'm just going to go back in here with these bad men. He says you have actually escaped from that place. So why in the world would you want to go back to it? Oh, come on, come on, come on. I'm gonna give you some more scripture. Can I give you one more? Yeah. Look at First Peter, look at First Peter, go up, go up, go up. 1 Peter 2:16. 1 Peter 2:16. 1 Peter, Peter 2:16. He says, As free, that's who you are, yet make sure that you don't use liberty as a cloak for vice. In other words, he said, make sure you don't use your liberty as a coat for wickedness. Make sure you don't use your liberty as a cover up for evil. Make sure you don't use the freedom that Christ gave to you to say, it's okay for me to do this as long as I don't go to this extent. He said, make sure you don't use it. As a coat to hide the wickedness and the evil that you want to do. Oh, my God. Come on, everybody ought to say ouch. Deke, I had to say ouch when I was reading this. When I was studying in at home, I had to say ouch. Because many of us, if we were honest, put on a coat of liberty. But we use it to hide our evil. He says, so make sure that you have a caution about this freedom and you understand that you've not been given a freedom to just do what you want to do it's not your thing you can't do what you want to do come on y'all know I like I, I listen they know I listen to all kinds of I, But then he says that this freedom, because remember, we're just talking about how service is a result of your freedom. And so we said we got to celebrate our freedom. We got to have a caution in our freedom. But look, we got a call of freedom. He says we got a call of freedom right there in that same verse, right there in that same verse. If we go back to Galatians 5, right in that same verse, verse 13, he says you were called to freedom. In other words, he says, you were called to liberty. You and I were called to this place that pulled us out of confinement. We were called to a place where we have been set free. Somebody say set free. We have been set free. Now listen to this. He said that set freedom, it calls us out of one place and moves us into another place. He says it calls us out of being a slave to sin but it moves us over into being a slave to service. Out of being a slave to sin and over to being a slave to service. A slave to sin, because the word that he uses there is douleos. Somebody say douleos. That is the word that means a slave. In the Old Testament, they worked, a slave worked. And on their seventh year, they could make a decision as to whether or not they wanted to leave. They could make that decision. If they decided not to make it, they could still stay in slavery. In the New Testament, you don't have to make that decision as to whether or not you have to work. But you got to make a decision as to whether or not you want to be a slave. No one says that you're a slave now to sin. He freed you from that. You got your papers. You got your freedom papers. So anywhere you go. ho ho, here we go. Here we go. Holy Ghost showing us right now. Holy Ghost showing us underground railroad right now. He giving us an underground railroad tip right now, right now. Anywhere you go, you got your freedom papers in your hand. If you choose to walk in sin, you relinquish your papers and you say, I'm free. But, and you sit your papers down and you walk in and be a slave. He says, but I want you to not be a slave to sin. I want you to relinquish your papers to service. I want you to give up your papers to serve. I want you to say, I'm free. And I know that I'm free. But today I choose to be a slave to serve others. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? That's hard, isn't it? Because everything we do is about us. Everything we do is about making us happy. Make you know, like they say at Burger King, have it your have it your way. Have it your way. Do what you want to do. Get everything we do is about us. And he says, "I'm giving you a new walk that says, "Now you give up your papers to serve somebody else." Jesus demonstrated. He demonstrated when he washed the disciples' feet. The Bible says that he girded himself up. And he knelt down and he washed their feet. He chose to be a doulos. He chose to be a doulos. He chose to be a a slave. He chose to bring himself down. Listen, 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 listen. He says, who in the form of man and in the form of God, he emptied himself. And he chose to take on the form of a servant so that he could demonstrate to you and I what it looks like for us to give up our papers to serve somebody else. Oh, my God. I'm coming up against a grain, Marcus, against a culture, against a culture that tells us it's all about us. I'm coming up against that because we're not used to that. It would be like we were sitting here, Michael, and and you know, when we were babies, we loved bananas. Oh, my God, bring the bananas and applesauce. But when those green peas came out, baby would always be because it wasn't what we liked. It didn't taste good, but he says we've been called to freedom and that freedom says we've been called to be a slave to other people. So service is a result of our freedom. Here's the next one that just brings us right over into that and we won't stay on it long, but he says service Is through love. Service is through love. Service is through love. So still in verse 13, service is through love. He says, you've been called to liberty. Don't use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. He said, but through what? Love. Love. Through love, you got to serve one another. This love that he's talking about is agape love. This love that he's talking about is a love that the only way we can do it is if we walk in Christ because on our own, we don't have this kind of love. Oh, oh, oh! come on, come on. You know why we don't have this kind of love? Because our service sometimes is contingent upon how somebody treated us. Our service sometimes is contingent upon whether or not we believe that person needs it. Our service sometimes is contingent upon whether or not we believe the person deserves it. I ain't going down there to help her because, uh-uh, because you know she got a bad attitude. She don't want to. So we decide how we're going to serve based upon what somebody is or what somebody does. I remember the Lord had to convict me about how I serve my sister. Because what happened, brother, is she got six children now, seven on the way, right? Number seven, Olivia Grace will be here May. She'll be here May. But what I used to do, Gerard, is I used to determine what I was gonna do for her based upon what child she was on. <laughs> so when she was at when she was at child number three, she Sean, tell him just gonna tell the truth. And she called and said she needs. So I'll be like, she need to stop having them babies. And so what I would do is I determined what I was going to do for her based upon what I thought she should do and be. And then one day through Deuteronomy, the Lord convicted me. He spoke to me through the word. And he says, if you only give to those who don't need it, then what service are you rendering for me? If you go to lunch with your coworker and both of y'all work, both of y'all get paid every week and you decide this week, oh girl, I'm going to treat you. It's on me. It's on me. And you treat her because you know she got a job. She can buy her own lunch. He's saying what good is that if you do that all the time and say that's how you serving, But you look at somebody else who has a need and you determine that you ain't giving to them because they don't live like you want them to live. He said, this service that we operate in is a service through love. It's a service that's agape. It's a service that's not contingent upon who they are or what they do. It's based upon the love that God gave to us. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his what? Only begotten son. He gave his son in love, and it wasn't contingent upon who we were and what we were going to do. Because Romans 5 and 8 says, Miss Joe, when we were yet sinners, that Christ died and gave his life for us. So the cross is purely on love. So he says service then, the command of freedom is love. He says service then is through love. Somebody say love. But then he says, not only do you tell you what we do, we service for your freedom, result of your freedom and service is through love, but he says service is to to others. It's to others, 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 it's to others. Look at verse 14, 14 and 15. In these three verses, I want us to see three things. I want us to see the community of freedom, the compliance of freedom, and the conflict of freedom. Look, he says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. He says one word, one word, one word. He says, you shall love your neighbor as your as yourself, as yourself. Sometimes we get a little hung up on this pastor K because some of us don't love us. And because we don't love us, we don't know how to love others. That's why we got to get over in agape. Cuz if we get over in agape, it's not contingent upon how you feel about how you look. Or how you feel about who you are. He says that you are to love your neighbor. So he's saying then the community of freedom is to others. Now, look at this. You can handle freedom two ways. Freedom can be about you. It can be about the flesh. Because remember, in verse 13, he says, don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. So you can let it be about you. Your own flesh, what your flesh wants. That verse there, verse 13, where he uses that word uh, opportunity, that word opportunity is a military word. It's a word, listen, as an educator, you appreciate this. <laughs> it's me. It's me. A-P-H-O-R-M-E. It's me. This is why you're going to appreciate it. See, Katie, this is how I remember stuff. me seems like it says as for me. Doesn't it sound like that? So that's how I can remember the word. It's as for me. But it's A-P-H-O-R-M-E. As for me. Corey, it's a military word and what it means as the base of operation. He says, so don't let your flesh be the base of operation for what you do. Don't let your flesh your own personal desires be the base the command station the oper- the operation base that everything you do begins from see see at the base of operation that's where instructions are given at the base of operation that's where you decide what the next action is he says don't let your flesh i'm preaching right here be the base be the place, be the deriving point from which you operate. Because if your flesh is the place from which you start, then it will always end with you. Oh my God! I want. Can I shout on that one? That one right there make me shout because he's showing. I mean, I mean, if you really, because sometimes we don't read the Bible. We don't read the Bible. We just run over it. We get our devotion. When we finish with our devotion, we read what somebody else said, that the verse said. And after we finish reading what they said, we carry out all day what they said rather than what the word said. Oh, 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 oh. I don't want to get on devotions. But that's sometimes why I don't use devotions because I don't want to necessarily know what you said. I want to know what God said. And when I take it, Michael, I I promise myself that this generation, I promise myself I'm going to teach y'all how to read the Bible. I promise, I promise I'm going to teach y'all how to read the Bible. I promise that. I promise before I leave here, before I leave this earth, I'm going to teach 18 to 35-year-olds how to read the Bible. I'm going to teach you how to understand. I'm going to teach you when you look at it that you don't think opportunity. See, when we say opportunity, we just think an occasion. That's all we think, opportunity, because we use Webster to define stuff. But that word means don't use liberty as an app for me, as a base of operation for my flesh to move. Don't let it be about me. So he said you can use your liberty, you can use your service in one or two ways. Your freedom can be about you or your freedom can be about others. Your freedom can all look at inward or your freedom can look outward. Your freedom can buy you a bigger house or your freedom can help somebody to live this week in one of these staycations. It's one or the other. He says, but you have to look and don't allow it to be an opportunity because the flesh has a funny way. Flesh will mask itself in rebellion Flesh will mask itself. Let me tell you, flesh is funny. Flesh will do crazy stuff. Flesh will mask itself in religious activity. Flesh, flesh will do some stuff on you. But he says, you can use your flesh, use your freedom as an opportunity to serve one another. So verse 14, he says, be in a place. Where you are in bondage to one another, where you are serving and loving one another, where you love your neighbors as yourself. Verse 15, verse 15, then he turns around. He says, but I want to caution you. I want to give you a, a make sure that you're compliant in this. You love your neighbors yourself, but I want to show you the conflict. The conflict is make sure you don't bite and devour one another. He said like an animal, an animal. Oh, 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 here we go. Hallelujah. Thank you. Holy ghost. An animal bites before it devours. An animal bites you to throw you off guard. Then it comes and gets you. He said, make sure you don't bite one another and then tear each other apart. Make sure you don't talk about one another and then come in and destroy each other. Because the Galatians were, listen, they were messy boots. The Galatians had a whole bunch of foolishness going on. They were hurting one another. He says, the way that you show this is you got to make sure you don't bite and devour one another. Because, listen to the word he uses, if so, you will be consumed by each other. Oh, God. He says, we even, even in, can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? Even in this place, we got to be mindful of what we speak We got to be mindful of what we say, what we say about one another, how we talk about each other. We got to be careful, even in your own mind. You got to tell your mind, I don't have an opinion about that. And you got to silence your mind, else you are biting on your brother. You know, back in the day, we used to say, don't bite me. That was like, don't copy me. But he's saying, bite me is where you're coming in to get me so you can tear me down. Y'all remember from the north. Then we used to say that. Then my northerners over there. (laughs) But he said this service is to others. This service is to others. And we got to make sure that we walk in community with others. We make sure it's about them. We walk in compliance to the law where he says love your neighbor as yourself. And we stay away from the conflict destroying and biting and devouring one another. We've been set free
0: to serve. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.